Welcome to The Truth in His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for sharing, subscribing, supporting, and making us the best in Baltimore. Today, I'm in conversation with a writer, curator, and the host of Baltimore's Randiest Reading Series, An Evening with Vintage Smut. Highland Town's reigning mistress of smut, please welcome Jocelyn Broadwick. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Baltimore. So excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for joining the podcast and, um, you know, getting on here to, to, to share the story. Add a little class, a little smut to this this the show. If you're looking for class, I don't know that I'm the right <laughs> guest for see, that. See, but... <laughs> see, class and smut goes together, in my opinion. You know, two sides we'll of the same. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get too far into conversation, um, I want to, like, open it up with the very kind of, like, introductory sort of stuff before we get really weird into it. Um when, I'm going to ask you, like, what, what's the story? What is your story and what is your first experience with, with art, the creativity, the writing? What is your first experience in that area? Yeah, so um, I will answer this through what is my first experience with smut creativity okay. specifically because it's something that, like, uh, I did not expect to do and I don't think anyone in my life expected me to do. Uh, I grew up very religiously, um, evangelical Christianity, kind of at the height of the purity movement, true love waits, if you know what that is, like, you know. Um, and so I was, like, very invested <laughs> growing up. I wanted to, like, grow up and be a youth leader and all of that. Uh, and then some things changed uh, and I took a different life path. Um, and so when it came the opportunity to kind of do this reading series, uh, my friends, Kevin and Kinsley, they own the antique shop, Rust and Shine uh, yeah. in Highland Town. Totally fabulous. Um, when they opened, though, they had people that just kept bringing them all of these vintage porn novels from like the 50s, 60s and 70s, the smut that you find in like grandma's attic, like, you know, what's she reading? What's she got going on? And they were like, it would be so funny to like read these in public sometime. Uh, and it was a night of the Highland Town Art Walk. They happen every first Friday. Uh, and the great thing about the Art Walk is all the art, but there's usually free booze. And so it was Sangria Night. I was several in. And at some point they were like, you should be the person that does this. Uh, and I have no recollection of this, but at some point I was like, yeah, I should. It should be me. Uh, so I refer to it as the best decision that Sangria ever made for me. <laughs> um, but here we are. Uh, four years later, we're about to celebrate Smut's fourth birthday coming up at the September 2nd Art Walk. Um, but we tried it out. Uh, people loved it. They thought it was funny. And then we forgot to do it the very next month. It was like, that's how like casual it was. Like We, we were like, oh, shoot, we're supposed to do this in like October. So we skipped that Art Walk, but then came back in November of 2018. And we've done it ever since. And we've just kept growing and growing. Um, but all that's to say is like, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, sneaking novels or porn under my bed or something quite the opposite. Uh, but I'm like very grateful for the role it now has in my life. That's great. That's great. Um, I, I did sneak a lot of my, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> no, it's absolutely one of those things. I remember, uh, just, I remember just, you randomly find them in places and it was just like, you know, just different magazines and, and things of that nature. And I remember uh, it was one of those times where my dad used to work in Little Italy and he would make friends with some of the the older older uh, folks living down there. And it's like they betrothed him their like classic like 70s and like 80s porn. I'm like, wow. And he can't say, hey, sons, here's this. It's just downstairs in the basement with like a glow off of it. That's what was going. I was like, oh, I guess... 
I was like, what do we do? We watch this together. What, how do okay? How do you take one's porn and one's one smut and enjoy that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Especially as like a family affair, like you know, <laughs> little bonding time. Um, very but, like, weird. So many people like so now like I've I've become the person that like when you find some like weird porn or some weird smut either from like a family member or at like a vacation home or something like people come to me with this stuff all the time because like who else do you tell right? Well, you tell me. You tell the mistress of smut, and I'm I'm happy to collect all of these relics like people will eat like even physically like deliver it to my house of like you got to check this out could you use this for the series so i've become a connoisseur of sorts but i love it so in addition to like your your, your background and and smut and uh, all that good stuff and i said that really weirdly um <laughs> So I also read writer and curator as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have my MFA uh, in creative nonfiction writing. So I am uh, a writer. Uh, I went to Goucher to do that um, and have like my own work and pieces. And I think that's why Kevin and Kinsley, I think that's why I was elected to like read the smut novels because <laughs> they like made that uh, connection. Uh, but the curation part is just of the series, only curator of smut specifically. So yeah, I dig it. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. I do two, like, ridiculous things that, um, like, my, my partner, she looks for from me. She's like, can you please do a dramatic reading of this menu? Or the other one is, like, reading, like, kind of the erotic thrillers that are in, mm-hmm. like, whatever streaming service we have. It's like, all right, uh, Color of Night, and I'll do it in this very transatlantic voice. So when it gets down to, and then he betrothed and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> She's like, can you can you stop but keep going because this is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of like like that almost like being overly serious with something that ultimately people are giggling at. I am very interested in this question, like because I, I want to learn more about when people are taking something that you know because it's I think sometimes it's fun and we get cool because like this is fun, this is entertaining, this is blah blah blah. We sometimes take the work out of there or something that feels like it might purely be play to some people and they don't take the amount of work that's into it. So I'm interested in how one might make work feel like play from your perspective. How do you make things that you're working on, whether it be the curating, whether it be actually going through and prepping, how do you make that feel like it's play? I know sangria is probably involved. How do you make that feel like it's play? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, always drinking. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Not that much of a lush, but um, no, I love that question. Cause I think it's like, it's two things. Like, one, like smut seems really fun and hopefully it comes off as if it's just like you said, this blase thing that like maybe little, like it seems effortless, hopefully if I've done my job, but so much work goes into preparing it, like kind of scouring the novels. Like I'm a one woman show that puts this on, you know, like Rust in China is our sponsor. They're fabulous. The art walk is like fabulous to work with. My partner um, does everything else that you can think of, you know, directing, producing things when we were doing live streams, all of that kind of my catch all. Uh, but, but most of it, you know, social media media promotion, all that stuff. It's, it's me. And so, um, to do it and kind of, you know, this is my hobby, (laughs) you know, you really, you really have to love it. And and I do, and I, I try to uh, keep it fun for myself. Cause like you said, the, the content, um, just kind of it, like it's, it's inevitably fun. And so I'm always looking for like, what is the next kind of craziest novel or something that we haven't done before or something. And also trying to keep it fresh and new. So we did the, um, the series for about, 
two or three years, just like in person in front of the art walk. And then I started to add in things like we started to do adult Mad Libs where like I would kind of write a scene in the vein of vintage smut and let the audience like fill in, make it interactive. Uh, Right before COVID, literally like March, 2020, that March first Friday art walk, we did a role play like in the shop in Rust and Shine. We had props set up all around. It was this big scene and we did a gender swap. So we had like all the women play the men's roles and men like play the women and act it out. Um, the novel. And then, and then COVID hit. And I was like, Oh my God, we're never going to be able to do that again. <laughs> so, and so then we went to um, live streams on Facebook live and that added like a new level of interaction. Cause normally when you're in person, like you can't comment, people are like shouting things at me or using emojis and stuff, but then they can do that when you're doing like the live stream. Um, and so then this year is our season of specials. We're calling it. Um, so we did a community reading where people brought their own smut and red. We did our miss mistress of smut pageant in June, which was so fun. <laughs> we crowned our first, Miss Mistress of Smut. Uh, we have a stage show coming up at Creative Alliance at the end of September. And so just always trying to keep it fresh, keep it new. We're going to close out the year with a create your own porn adventure, like with the YouTube playlist. So it's like, you know, if you <laughs> masturbate like left-handed, go this way, right? You know, ambidextrous, <laughs> like... <laughs> so, um, so yeah, just trying to keep it fresh and playful. And like, as long as like, as I still have ideas or I'm still having like interest in it, like it continues to be fun for me and it makes all of the kind of other things that go into it, like enjoyable as well. That's, that's wonderful. That's, that's great. And I think, um, coming up with content and having something that, cause that, that just feels like a Baltimore thing. I mean, I, obviously there's the John Waters thing that's there and I'm sure that that's been referenced many a times or what have you. Um, cause I, I remember going to one of his exhibits about like, like the Pope of trash or something a while back. And it was just like vintage porn in there. And I was like, some of these are just ridiculous. And yeah. I just find I just look for things like I'm going to laugh at this and it's not just like the giggle of being immature. It's just also like <laughs> that's what you chose. All right, cool. That's funny. And I, and I think it is this this thing that we we don't talk about that enough. We we kind of shy away from it. And sometimes like this was what the standard of something that was uh, titillating was back in the 50s and over the last 70 years. And in some instances, have we gotten more puritanical about it? Like, what have we what have we done there? And what does erotic fiction and what does smut look like now versus it look like over the decades? Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's the thing that I think people sometimes don't realize about the series is that it's like a comedy show. Like, it, like it's not actually sexy. Mm-hmm. The joke is like how misogynistic the novels are, like how homophobic they are, they're racist. Like none of that is yeah. funny, but like we point out just like how problematic it is. And also that this was seen as, you know, like the hot stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, the writing is just terrible like truly truly terrible like I would not wish that on anyone to like actually read and so uh it's just exactly what you were saying of just kind of going back and it's crazy to think of like oh wow the 50s that was like 70 years ago because mm-hmm. we think you know like my parents were born in the 60s you know it just it doesn't seem that far removed but like how much things have changed or how far they've come um yeah it's it's wild <laughs> Yeah, because I, I remember this movie, um, and, and this is probably going to be a, a point that comes up later, but uh, I remember this movie called Role Models, and that was his reference to um, just, it was so many weird things in there, but it was a, the live action role playing was some component of the movie, and he's the, the one character in there who had no luck talking to girls or what have you, and he's like, I'm just so interested in her quivering eye, and I was like, excuse me? 
See what now? Yeah. I was like, pardon, pardon me? And I was like, hold up, what book is this from? So I started going down this whole journey because I, I like things that feel like they're from yesteryear until you get to the racism, until you get to the homophobia. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is cool. Now it's just, ugh. I know. Um, so creative writing, making content, doing programming, because, you know, that's something I'm very interested in, like doing those things that feel very Baltimore, feel like going out there. And it's like having that acumen of the, the MFA and, you know, creative writing and also being out there and doing like programming and and partnering with folks within uh, folks that we know. Like I know Rasta Shine and I know the Arwalks. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Bethann. And yes. um, and then being able to do those things. So let's let's talk about like 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 process. You said that sometimes you get um, content from like like folks or what have you get it mailed to you and sometimes it's user generated in some some ways but in ter- in terms of the process what parts are you choosing to share what parts are you choosing to omit that's that's the thing that's very interesting in there it's not just oh uh-huh. i researched this and so on but like what are you cutting out what are you de- choosing to leave in when you're going through the process and how do you come up with these themes things of that nature this is why I was so excited to do this because you have the best questions and this is why you're the best podcast. Like I'm just like, I'm fangirling a little bit, but that's so great. Um, so like specifically with the smut novels, like I mentioned, they're a terrible read. I don't recommend it. And so a lot of it is like skim, 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 find all the sex. That's like part one. <laughs> just like seriously, just like find it when the characters are having sex. I usually like thoroughly read the first chapter just to kind of get grounded and like time, place, characters and stuff. And then like skip ahead, find all the sex stories lines and then think about like okay which ones are the most interesting certain things like just uh, like don't play I don't do like I avoid rape I avoid incest I avoid you know things like that um uh but then like once I like find okay this is like a sex storyline that's kind of like fun or funny and that uh, I can find like maybe one or two three characters that we can kind of follow through that and how they like kind of go together mm-hmm. um so it's really just like picking out paragraphs, sometimes even just sentences from pages and trying to string together a coherent narrative that like, you know, someone that's a little bit drunk on an art walk could come and still listen and comprehend like what the story is. Um, But there is so much editing that takes place of like, you know, maybe it'll just be like a paragraph or two from chapter two, and then we're in chapter five, maybe just a sentence, and then maybe like a whole chunk from chapter seven, then trying to give a little bit of a comprehensive overview of the novel. But like the readings are like 15 to 20 minutes, right? So Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to do that time, keep people's attention, things like that. Um, and, and that's fun for me. It does feel creative. It does feel like generative to kind of like take the novel and how can I transform it a little bit? And then hopefully, you know, all the novels are for sale once we're done yeah. reading them. Yeah. So like, you know, some people are just like, oh my God, I got to buy that and figure out like what really happens. So yeah, but then also being like really, really careful and like skipping over parts of like, oh my God, I can't say that or read that out loud because like I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> I don't want to do that because of this. Yeah, that that's that's the thing that happens. I yeah. I do a I do a um, film revival series, and I'm like, I, I wanted to play because I'm, I'm doing a review of Predator soon, the original mm-hmm. joint, and there's a line in the very beginning that Jesse the Body Ventura says, and I'm like, hmm, it's like yeah. that's not good. I was yeah. like, can we just stop at the T Rex part, at the Tyrannosaurus part? That's that's actually funny. That other part, mm, not as great. Not a great word. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and and also having that, that context, I think people don't don't get it. It's like, yo, it's it's both. It's we're at this we're we're looking at something from this was published. This was a historic thing. This came out. And you know, and looking at maybe in, in some ways it's like time is weird, right? It's like, yeah, it was done a while ago, but also sometimes the fifties don't seem that long ago either. 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that we've tried to do kind of fun when we do like uh, a Mad Libs or something like that. So the Mad Libs I write in the style of the novels. Like I just kind of do like my own thing. Um, And so it's fun because I get to like create storylines and I try to provide a little bit of like literary justice. Right. So one of the big tropes in the novels is that like any character uh, who is gay, they kind of meet an untimely end. Right. And so for one of the um, Mad Libs that we did, it was like a Christmas like or holiday theme and stuff. And so to kind of flip it on its head, we made it uh, that the, you know, the gentleman who is the main character and his uh, secret lover, like they're the only ones who survived, right? So just kind of like take that trope and still kind of weave things in, you know, but then just kind of like upset the narrative or disrupt that, um, which is kind of a fun exercise like to do as well. You get that a lot of, I mean, a lot of the tropes are like the, you know, traveling salesmen or like discontented housewives, or there's always, you know, the lesbian that's trying to turn, you know, all the wives of everybody. <laughs> She's corrupting us. Exactly, exactly. So how can we like provide a little bit of justice for like these characters um, as well, which is, it's a fun creative exercise. Yeah. And and I think that there is a, a lot of overlap, I think, between smut macroly and with like horror macroly. And that might come up later. Um, A little teaser. A little teaser there. Um, So let's see. Um, now I'm I'm going to pre-apologize for this pun that's going to be in here later. Okay. This, this next question is great, but also the pun's not. Okay. I read that um, you know that often uh, when we feel creatively stifled, um, we should come out of our comfort zone. Um, do you add anything like uncomfortable in your work when you're feeling like in a you're in a creative rut? How do you bust that creative rut? Yeah, definitely. So I mean, like, where <laughs> I missed it almost. <laughs> nice. Nice. I was one, I was like listening for calm. I was listening for, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so like the whole, like, so I feel like the series for me uh, has helped me get out of a creative rut. Like at the time where it just kind of uh, came to me, um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I was at a space where like I had just finished my MFA program. Um, and it was when I had entered that program, still religious, and I came out of it not. And I was very kind of lost and confused in my life. And I didn't think that vintage smut would be like a reclamation or like a way out, like, or an identity, but I like desperately needed an identity. And I found that I I just couldn't write like my own like work, but like I had this other creative project um, that I could work on. And so it's like the series itself challenged me and expanded me. And then because of like the kind of puritanical culture that I came from, it was just like, well, how dirty are we going to go? How, you know, how smutty can I be? Like, am I actually going to do this whole mistress of smut thing? And so it's been like pushing boundaries, pushing boundaries, pushing boundaries with that. And like, now that we're getting ready to like be on stage at Creative Alliance, it's like, well, I'm pulling out all the stops. Like I had, um, there's a, an, an older gentleman that has come to the readings throughout the years. And uh, every time he like pulls me aside and he's like when are you gonna read in the sheer negligee you know type question which is like really inappropriate but i was like you know if i'm gonna go and i'm gonna um do this like on stage you know like let's push the boundaries a little bit let's do the lingerie let's like get up do it right so um yeah like just finding new avenues to just continue to push that and also like push what people are expecting yeah yeah i I think performances is big like you you know if you're gonna do something that's controlled in this sort of setup like i do a podcast so when i am in person the if i just did like the same podcast while i i enjoy what i do i need to add some pomp and circumstance to it something interactive something that you know it acknowledges the people that are there so 
when so when I do the movie screenings, um, they're they're screening it. Then the back end of it is um, not a pun. In the back end of it is <laughs> we're um, just gonna like have to recap like all the puns, like all the Easter eggs throughout the podcast yeah. episode. Like, <laughs> but in, in the back end of it, it's a it's a talk, and I'll do like trivia and prizes, all of that good stuff. But um, every now and again, I try to add something to it. Either it either it works or it doesn't. So I'm I'm sure you've seen. Um, have you seen the movie? Uh, what is it? Uh, good time. No. So that's that's you know, it's it's drugs involved in it, and that's one of the p- plot points. And um, there's a bottle of uh, Sprite that's in it. That's a okay. prominent thing. So in, in terms of uh, iconography, right? So I wanted to curate an event for the fifth year anniversary and have a bunch of bottles of Sprite there for people who are fans. They would get the reference. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm hoping to reach out to and bring in, or even when. Um, I did the screening for, because I'll do movies that are here in Baltimore uh, that were filmed here. I did a screening of Major League Two, and I got a jersey done custom by uh, R.V. Adams, The Sporting Life, and I just had like one of my weird aliases on the back. It just says like Wave Daddy with like my birth year Ooh, on there. Tell me more about that. That sounds a little <laughs> Wave it's, Daddy. I'm, I'm just an Aquarius. I'm just an Aquarius. Okay, all okay. is all but also, <laughs> sure. it might be a little bit more. Eh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you know, you know. Yeah. Well, and you know, when, you, when you're, you're doing that stuff or what have you, you want to have something that feels like it's a next level thing, something that's inter- interactive, something that's entertaining, or even some of the, uh, the prizes I give out. I only get some of them that are specific for those movie nights. It's like, I'm doing this for an audience and they're right here. So let me go out there and make it, make it happen, make it worth their while. Absolutely. Um, so I got, I got two more real questions for you, um, before we get into the main event, as it were, uh, are are there any constraints that you try to put within your work to kind of like push yourself in a different way? And that can be from the creative fighting standpoint. It could be from the programming standpoint, but what sort of constraints do you put in there? And, you know, and and I and I think about that in terms of like some artists will only paint in blue. Some some people like I'm only going to use these words and degree of difficulty, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, yes, I would say most of the novels that we read are from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We haven't really we've done earlier than that. Occasionally, we found like a gem from like the 30s or 40s. Uh, we also did a vintage, vintage smut where we read portions of the Kama Sutra, which was like great, you know, ticket like yeah. BCE. Um, but we we don't do anything kind of more modern than that. Um, and then also like um, I've had people kind of like reach out with like lovely ideas for collaborations, but it's just there, there's no like connection or like vintage element to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like with Rust in China's our sponsor, you know, they're the real creators of like the series, but it, but it makes sense because we're in the antique shop, like there's things, you know, all around, it's kind of a natural set type thing. Um, and so like, I I've had some kind of like lovely offers, um, to kind of work with people, which I like, I really enjoy or want to do, but I also like, um, I want to stay authentic to like what we're doing and not make it something that it's not, and also not venture into kind of more modern smut or it's yeah. like, yeah, like, you know, you can pick up kind of any smutty thing and like read it and it's probably going to be funny but like what makes you know an evening of vintage smut like that that thing um and so really trying to stay true to and like honor that yeah honoring one's niche is is important and you know sometimes it's a necessity that you're like all right i gotta figure this out but when there's a deep well you're like, oh, I can, I can, I can live in this. There's all types of. It's like, here's this unreleased manuscript from 1948. How much? How much you want for it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is the last real question I got for you. Um. Do you have a a, a network of of artists that that you you hang around that you get feedback from and so on? And 
in that experience, which type of artists are kind of like they have that certain quirks? Like are photographers like they only do this? They, this is definitely a photographer thing or painters definitely do this. What sort of like people are in that kind of artistic network for you and kind of what are the traits that they have? Oh, that's such a good question. So since we got our start with like the Highland Town First Friday Art Walk, like I can't say like enough of just being able to be a part of that community, especially like in a really strange way. Like I feel like, you know, smut is maybe um, the most bizarre or something that you might not think of in like a collective of like artists and neighbors and business owners, but to be able to find such a home there has been um, so special. I think the thing that I love most though is that like everyone that's working in that community is really creating and doing art that's like authentic to them and I say that in the sense of you know like uh, when you're doing art you know like if you're also making a living off of it you know there there could be kind of a, a trade-off right of you know like how do I uh, I I don't know if commercialize is the right but how do I like you know kind of expand or, or do things but like just being able to like live among people who have had kind of niche, dreams and like really gone for them and found all sorts of creative ways to make them successful. Even if it's like having other kind of gigs within the community and like just really having like that neighborhood together and also just like supporting each other. Like art spaces can be so competitive. And so just knowing, you know, whether you're a photographer, whether you're a painter, whether you're a smut reader, whether you're whatever, you know, but that we all like support and uplift each other has just been like phenomenal and something that I just would never like trade. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so it's about that time. Is it time? <laughs> is it time for the rapid fire? It is time for the rapid fire. Oh yeah. What is your most treasured possession? Oh, <laughs> this is terrible. My first thought was my vibrator. <laughs> there you go. That's a real answer. My, my love life cuddle. Yes. That is a real answer. Uh, it does, does, but going behind the curtain, um, I, I met one of my friends uh, years ago. And when I was living in a very different situation, I was living in the jungle, as I, as I like to call it, maybe the pre-daddy stages. And uh, I, we were just hanging out in a sex shop. We met in a sex shop. And we were just like met at Sugar. We were just as like hanging do. out. Yeah. yeah as, as one does. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting there, like writing backstories for all the people who are coming in there. No, no judgment, but just writing backstories. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. some of that trench coat. We got in that trench coat. Bet you there's a rope under there. And then they were coming to buy a rope, and I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, it's so fun too at the sex shops to be like, okay, are those people a couple? Like, are they like family? Are yes. they? Fr- you can create all sorts of there. And then something like they'll pick up something, and then suddenly like everything changes. Like, oh my gosh, I thought that was like a mother and daughter, but like, nope. <laughs> Like, oh, that's where that leash came from. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your hidden talent? What is like something that like only really, people really close to you know that you are talented at? I am just incredibly organized. I probably shouldn't be like, I like it's not like it's like embarrassing for like a mistress of smut to be like, I'm, you know, always on time. I have like my Google Cal. I have all the things like I get like really anxious. Like the readings are supposed to start at like seven. And if it's like seven to one and like people aren't there, it's like, we got to go, but it's supposed to be like really casual. I'm supposed to be like freewheeling kind of dry, you know, doing whatever yeah. and stuff like, Oh, this show never starts until like seven fifteen. but I'm always like, gotta go. So. Are you, are you, guys? <laughs> you know, where's our third? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you think you could win a game show? If so, which one? Uh, Plinko on the prices, right? That's great. I think I can win Jeopardy. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm kind of. I'm smartish. 
I, I, I know a lot of random trivia. <laughs> I'm very good at word games. So I feel like I would also be good at like Wheel of Fortune or Ooh. if there was kind of like a game show, like anything like Boggle or Taboo or something. If there was like the grand championships of those, mm. I feel like I would excel. Catchphrase. Okay. Mm. I, I, I got, a, I got a, a word problem for you here impromptu. Uh, three little word that ends with uh, ends with U and M. Come. I was going to say rum, but fine. Fine. I mean, we both win, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I enjoy rum. Uh one of the one of the things that um, you mentioned is like kind of earlier, like sharing parts of stories that it almost encourages folks to go buy that book or what have you buy that um, that piece of vintage material there, that, that vintage work. Um, so in that vein, um, I want to get like the back end of a, a joke. So what is the punchline to your favorite joke? And hopefully this will encourage people to look up the joke. <laughs> Uh, my favorite joke in general or like a joke from a vintage smut novel? Um, Either one. This is dealer's choice right here. This is up to you. This is, you know, how okay. do you want to approach it? So with no context at all, everyone needs to go buy the book or look up uh, Daddy in the Singles Club. And it has the greatest line in American literature written, which is, woo wee, fucky fucky finger party, which is like <laughs> the best thing that I've ever read in my entire life. So I'm not going to give any context for it, but... <laughs> That sounds like something Roman from Succession would say. That's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, here's the last two. If you could watch one movie for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Actually, I'll give you both. I'll give you two options. One is smut-related, one is non-smut-related. Okay. So, like, uh, what, smut-related movie? or um, So, one of each. Okay. Um, so, I think... I just... Oh, so, okay. This is tying into like the horror. So uh, I didn't get into horror until the pandemic and my therapist friend was like, it's, you know, the horror you can control versus that you can't. And so uh, the very first horror movie I watched was Hereditary and it was, that was like not a starter film, but I watched it and I like cried and scream and we had to pause it and take a break and then start again. And I was like, I hate this. And then it ended. It was like, oh my God, I love that. And I just wanted to watch it like all the time. And like Tony Collette, like on the ceiling, like I would see that like all the time. Like, yeah, sorry, spoilers. It's been out for a while. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Ooh, in terms of like smut related movie that I'd watch forever. Um, I don't know. I feel like anything with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I don't know if like it, and I tend to like him in kind of like interesting or like strange roles, but yeah, I'd watch that for a long time. I'm here for it. I'm here yeah. for it. Um, yeah. Hereditary is not a, not a starter or horror movie at no. all, at all. We, we did this deep dive in watching like a couple Ari Aster joints uh, that um, I know that we watched Midsummer, watched that in theaters. And I was like, huh, so he's he's in a bear suit and burning to death. Okay, Got it. <laughs> and, or um, even watching The Witch or what have you. I know that's not yes. his, but it's still yeah. in that kind of same vein because uh, my, my partner, she was like, yeah, I'm just going to do a deep dive into witchery. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. So this is how this ends. Um, so how's it going for her? Like, did that work out? Um, it's it's going well. Um, she's getting um material out of it to write two books. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. And then she did some research, and turns out I've dated a fair amount of brujas in the city. So that's a whole <laughs> other thing. I was like, huh, you guys just want to mailing like, witches list? are your vibe? Just kind of <laughs> into know. witches, you know? Just something about those black cats and broomsticks. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is the last thing I got for you. Um, what is what <laughs> what is the most said thing at an evening of vintage smut between you, between the audience? What is a word or phrase that comes up a lot at an evening of vintage smut? Uh, it, 
fuck comes up a lot uh, is in terms of like, what the fuck? Like, uh, <laughs> did they just fuck? Like, <laughs> like that's is great. that fucking? Like, just, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, but mostly I think it's just like, kind of like, gasps or just kind of like yeah exactly like 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 real like 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 what or just like yeah exactly and i think people feel validated when they're having like the wait like what now like did that just happen like other people are confused and i try to highlight those moments as well but we're gonna go with fuck that's great that's great that's that's the uh, that's the second time in this many weeks that the podcast has ended with that word so Wonderful. Okay, you fuck that fuck. <laughs> Plug away. Um, anything that you want to um, say before we wrap up the show? Yeah, absolutely. So first, just thank you so much for having me on. I've been a fan for a long time, so I was really excited when you reached out and wanted to feature a little Randy reading series. Um, but we are on the social media. Uh, we have a link tree and also Facebook and Instagram. That's all at Evening of Vintage Smut. Um, and we have our big stage show, which I mentioned coming up at Creative Alliance on September 30th at 7 p.m. Uh, we are going to be live on stage. We're going to do Mad Libs. We're going to do role play. Uh, I have been saving the best of the best novels for this you won't be disappointed and it'll also be featuring our friends and special guests high wire improv there are naughty provers they're going to come and do a set uh so it'll be a lot of fun that's great thank you for so much thank you so much um that's gonna be fun guys check it out hit, hit, the, hit the socials find out get a ticket pull up do the thing enjoy it's in highland town right so yeah pull up enjoy um so there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Jocelyn Broadwick from the uh, Evening of Vintage Smut, uh, Highland Town's reigning mistress of smut. And I'm Rob Lee saying that they're, they're smut. They're smut in Baltimore. Just got to look for it. <laughs>